When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? All right, welcome into the Auburn Live show, the Modcast edition. Uh, if you're not, go to auburnlive.com, subscribe. I think we're still doing 50% off. Um, you never know when uh, the, the guys at On3 will pop up a... Uh, a deal so when you see it go take advantage auburnlive.com and subscribe this is the modcast i'm justin hokinson joined by jeffrey lee keith Niebuhr, cole pinkston how's everybody doing on this uh thursday morning everybody good yep good <laughs> worked a few kinks out with the you know good old technology and here we are did they have uh, did they have wi-fi where you live cole uh no we actually we run it through some power line no we have it we have it. I just picture one wire going from like Montgomery, you know, <laughs> all the way out there. Yeah, comes here every morning to just make sure that the connection's good. He just stands outside, walks down the line a hundred times. Yeah, we got well, it. Yeah, I was. In, I was. It, it is amazing how Wi-Fi does kick in and out some places. And when I was in Iceland this summer, we never lost it. There was never a period where you couldn't get three or four bars on your phone in the middle of this country out in the middle of nowhere. Shit, man, you can't even get that in the middle of Auburn's campus. Listen, I can't get into my first <laughs> no. year, okay? It's um, crazy. Great show, fellas. <laughs> yeah, all right. We'll see you, um, Jeffrey, how pumped are you about the rain? I saw your Oh, my gosh, dude. Listen, <laughs> how many, I, I, I'm not kidding. It's been dry for months. Yeah, it's been bad. Plural. Uh, you know the the um, the the hurricane was coming in. What was it? Was it the Penn State weekend? No, it was the uh, LSU LSU LSU, week, LSU weekend, dude. <clears throat> and it hadn't rained in so long. And I was I called my dad. And I was like, "Listen, I'm coming up there in the morning. Like, we got to get this in the ground before the rain comes in. It's because I don't know when it's going to rain again." Went up there the next day. You know, I think I was doing hot boards on my way there. You know, driving doing hot boards and. Um, got up there, got everything plowed and sowed and, and swept, and, and and then the track of that storm went, just kept going east. Not a drop, dude. And so I didn't want to jinx it, but there was an 80% chance for yesterday. And so I just shut my mouth, and here it come. And then all night long, dude, it was two inches. I looked this morning, it was two inches of rain over the last 24 hours up there. So I was pumped, very pumped. Yeah, yesterday and then this morning, dude. It was storming. I, I woke up at like four this morning. Um, and me too. It was storming like crazy. I've been up since then, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah, it's, I normally try to overseed my grass with like in the winter. I've started doing that, and so I try to plant it around rain. And so I was like, that was, you was, sow your grass? Well, I overseed it in the winter. I'll I'll get like a rye grass. No kidding. Up, and then I'll get rye and I'll overseed it, and so it's green in the winter. Huh? It's worked pretty well. So we'll. Uh, you're you're that guy. 
<laughs> I like working in the yard, yes. Do you really? I do. I really do. Hey, okay, here's the thing. We'll talk about football after this. Yeah, yeah. But I, growing up, that's what I did. Like, my dad, we, we I, I cut grass, make money, and trim hedges, and weed yeah. eat it, and all that shit. And I remember saying, when I get old... I'm going to make enough money to pay somebody else to do my job, to do my yard. And so these days I pay a hundred bucks a month and I sit in that recliner and I drink my water and I just wave at them. Good job, fellas. <laughs> Best hundred bucks I spend every month, man. So yeah, there you go. Auburn and Ole Miss. At some point I will. But I, I enjoy it, man. I, I really do. Good for you, dude. A lot of people do. I do too, man. I love it. It's my favorite favorite time of the week is when it's time to cut grass, weed eat, all that good stuff. Love it. Dang. Not when it's cold, though. It's got to be hot. It's got to be hot. Oh. The only thing about overseeding with rise, you know, it, it's grow, it'll grow November, December, and then it'll, once it gets really cold, it'll sort of chill. It still grows a little bit, but, you, you know, you're going to be out there in January cutting it maybe once every three weeks. 80, yeah, 80% 80 of the green fields are rye. Yeah. But it looks good, man. It looks good when it's green. Oh. <laughs> nice background, Keith. Yeah, I'm I'm messing around with some things. <laughs> I mean, you guys um, are talking, you guys are talking about mowing your yards here, and I live in this man. Fucking <laughs> love it, dude. Concrete jungle. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I uh, did. I grew up on five acres. Do what now? I grew up on five acres, so I I love mowing the lawn. I we had a ride mower, and I. I drove it halfway up a tree once and had to jump off before it would flip over. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you're a kid, you know. Hey, I remember my dad coming out. What the hell, you damn idiot! What the, you know? You don't cut the bar. How, how, how do you even do that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but there's nothing like. I mean, after the storm, you look out in the backyard, leaves everywhere. Uh, oh yeah. Love it, love it, man. Um, all right, let's get into this. Uh, Auburn, Ole Miss, Auburn, Georgia last weekend. We can start there. We always start kind of looking back. Look, Auburn was a 30-point underdog. They lost by 32. So, I mean, as bad Ooh. as it was, it pretty much went about like you thought it would go. Um, any any sort of lingering thoughts from that game that either surprised you or didn't surprise you or um, encouraging anything anything at all encouraging? Or I mean, it, it could have been – it really should have been 7-3 to three at worst at halftime, right? You got the fake punt that set them up with the short field. And then you had the Ashford fumble late in the half. I mean, I thought Auburn was competitive for half, but again, it was the same pattern we've seen all these other games, Justin. You know, it's competitive for half. Things start to unravel a little bit midway through the third quarter. And by midway through the fourth quarter, it's uh, it's not looking good. And even in the LSU game, it was that same pattern, except it was, uh, you know, obviously wasn't a blowout. But um, as it turns out, LSU is probably who we all thought LSU was. And I think Auburn's going to look back at that game and really kick themselves. You know, that's a game they should have won. They'd be sitting at four and two right now. And that's a hell of a lot better than three and three, especially with what you got coming up. Although now some of these games look fairly winnable. Things change week to week in the SEC, though. You know? Yeah. I, 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 I thought it was worse than I was expecting. <laughs> I did. I, just, just the eye, I mean, you know, just the eye test. Man, that I, I feel so bad. For Tank Bigsby and it's mm, it's bad. That offensive line's bad. Did Georgia even play that well? Honestly, no. That's I mean, what, if they did, running the, the ball, one of their better games. Run, yeah, running the ball. They got it. They got it going there. 
That's about it, really. I mean, it's hard to tell when you're playing Auburn. Like, I don't. I mean, like, Georgia's really good. Right. I mean, I I think they're probably happy compared to how they played against Missouri. But when Auburn, well, you know, is fumbling the ball all over the field. That's that was going to be my point, Justin. I, I come to somewhat of a conclusion to see that you don't have to have your best game against Auburn at all to beat them, like Georgia just beat them because, man, they are so inept. On, on some of the fundamentals it takes to just play offensive football. I mean, it's, it's unlike anything I expected at all. I thought it was going to be fundamentally sound. Um, you know, talent was not going to be there maybe, but fundamentals were going to be good. It's the opposite to me. I'm not saying that they're overly talented, but then I really do. I think there's more talent on the offense than what they are showing at times. That's what's really disappointing to me. The, the the lack of ability to just get in somebody's way. Like there were way too many instances where offensive linemen completely whiffed. I mean, they didn't touch anyone. Guys went right was it Nolan Smith? who went untouched into the backfield and I think dropped Tank or somebody for a tackle for loss. And, Keith, I think you posted multiple instances on the corner of guys just standing there while the defender runs. You know, they're looking this way and the guy's running right past them. Yeah. And, Cole, I think you explained it to Keith like he was a third grader or whatever his request was and you were talking about the slide protection. And I don't I don't listen to Cole Kublik, but I did see somebody post on the corner about what he said, and I think it was basically getting somebody's way. I mean, that's the the gist of, or somebody said that maybe it was you, Cole. I mean, the basic principle no, I, of being an offensive lineman is to get in somebody's way, not to let them get to where they want to go, and they couldn't even do that. Why, why it was embarrassing. Jeff, why has this mostly experienced offensive line regressed? Now, I didn't, nobody, thought they, nobody thought they were going to be great, right? Dustin, Cole, I mean, nobody thought they were going to be great, but you thought, okay, they were 8th no, no, to 10th best in the SEC last year, but everybody essentially coming back, almost everybody. I thought they would be average. Yeah, could they be a top 6 or 7 line in the league? You think, okay, well, maybe that's realistic. Other people were, got guys coming and going, they got all these guys back, and are they even a top 10 O-line in the SEC? No. I mean, are they the worst O-line? I, the I, line? I haven't seen Vanderbilt's line, and they can't be worse than Auburn's. Yeah. <laughs> they can't be. There's no way. Do you know what? Do you know what? Tank Bigsby, once again this week, we'll get to this, his projected rushing total in the 50s. He's one of the best backs in the SEC, and his projected projected rushing total is 57, 54. Excuse me, 54 and a half. How many did he have last week? 20 freaking yards on 19 carries or whatever. I don't know what it was. It was 19 unbelievable. Yards, 19 yards on 10 carries. We're talking about a guy that's played two and a half years behind it. The SEC freshman of the year. Yeah, but two and a half years on this at Auburn behind and off offensive lines that were average and now below average his career long run you're talking about a guy that's you know like you said jeffrey one of the better guys in the sec maybe is he one of the top 
10 backs in Auburn history. Is he that kind of a talent? I don't know. Y'all would know more than me. No. But his career-long run is 51 yards. Now, that's shocking. That's a hell of a run, 51 yards, by the way. But you think that Tank Bigsby would have eight of those. You know, meanwhile, again, I hate you. Know, somebody posted on the board, Bo Nix had an 80-yard run last week. Now, competition's a lot different. I get that. He didn't have any 80-yard runs against Georgia, by the way, when they played. But, the, you know, <laughs> but 51 yards for a guy with his ability is uh, actually a little shocking, to be honest with you. I, I just assumed that he was going to break one one of these, these weeks, but there's just nowhere to run right now. You know. He's getting hit when he gets the ball. It's 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 very well, I, frustrating to watch. I saw some frustration, I think, on on him last week. I, there was a pass. Auburn was in its inside its own fifteen, going the long way, and there was a pass that that hit the ground and he couldn't get it, and he wouldn't have gone anywhere anyway. But it, it looked like he kind of just threw the ball into the. I ground. remember that. And uh, you know, it's got to be eating him up. I mean, look, it's a team thing. It's not all about him. But if the team's doing well, then he's doing well. The team's not doing well, and obviously he's not doing well. So it's uh, well, I try to I try to use um, I try to use my own experiences sometime to try to maybe help myself understand, help anybody else understand what might be going on with the missed assignments on the offensive line. I played offensive line in high school. When I was in ninth grade, I got thrust into the right guard spot on our varsity team because of injuries, and I did not know what to do. I was doing the exact same thing they were doing where guys were running by me because I thought I was doing the right thing in the assignment. Finally, mm. our center, who was a senior that year, he said, hey, man, just hit the guy in front of you. You can't get any worse. Just hit him. It may not be the right assignment, but you'll at least stop him from coming through. I started doing that. Things got a lot better. And then they said, all right, we're going we're gonna to make this game a little bit easier for you since you don't know what's going on. We're going to dumb it down for you. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I wrote in, in, in this morning in how Auburn's offense should attack Ole Miss's defense. You just, at some point, you, you have to uh, either make them understand the, the, the schemes and, and see it in, it live in practice or go, hey, we can't do that anymore. You're going to get somebody killed doing that. We can't do it anymore. Let's do this. Two, two you know? thoughts. Two thoughts. One, do you have any huddle film from ninth grade, Cole? We'd love to see this. I'm trying not to let it. I'm trying not to let it surface. You, you tried to scrub that. Google. Dude. Hey, wasn't this supposed to be? Hey, look, I mean, what? It is what it is, right? So I'm not being overly critical, but weren't these guys? The running game is their thing, right? Right. There's yeah. supposed to be a power running. Right. I mean, so play action. Yeah. I thought, or at least we thought, right? Yeah. That's the hope. I mean, yeah. that was their hope. I don't know that anybody, you know, thought that uh, it was going to transpire necessarily. The offensive line has just been – it's been worse. Nobody thought it was going to be great. But the, 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 I think the common consensus was, okay, most guys are coming back. Tayshawn Manning left, went to Kentucky. Darius Ham left. But everybody else comes back. Second year of an offensive line coach. Just logic would say uh, a little better than last year. Like, just a little bit better, a little bit more used to the scheme. Um, Killian Zaire is a guy that was coming on and doing well. You heard good things about Cam Stutz. <clears throat> and Brahms being out hurts. Like, I do think we sort of need to make sure and mention that every time. It's, yeah. It doesn't hurt to the degree yeah. that some of the things we're yeah. seeing, but but it, it hurts. 
Um, but it's it's the things against Georgia. What you can't explain are are some are the whiffs. Some of the clips that were going around about like Jackson, Keandre Jones. I'm talking about like coffee. Atrocious is not even a good enough word for some of the stuff. Coffee, yeah. That that's straight up coaching. I mean that that is straight up coaching. And I I thought about asking Brian Harson this, but I you know the thing about asking Brian Harson questions these days is it's like what's the point really? Um, <laughs> honestly, and it's not just because of that <clears throat> he's going to be gone. It's because he gives answers. You know, there was a time where I kind of liked some of his answers. I sort of like somebody who's introspective and and tries to give kind of a big picture. You know, message. Sometimes I like that, but it's gotten to the point where he's just basically filibustering and and asking him any kind of critical question. You, it's just you're going to get kind of a word salad answer that you're like, okay, well, you talked for two minutes, but I don't know that I learned anything at all. But I want to be like, now let's let's say like last year, four games into the year, you fired your receivers coach. Four games into the season of your first season. I mean, that, that's a pretty drastic move, four games into the season, to fire an assistant coach. And here we are this year, and if, if the offensive line – I mean, if, how are you not looking at that going, well, I mean, I, I fired my receivers coach four games in last year. Is the offensive line coach – like, have I thought about making a change there? I mean, at, at what point do you just keep doing the same stuff? It's like I wanted to ask him, like you, you've done it once. Have you have you thought about it again? I think that's apples and oranges, though. I don't think Corn was fired for his on the field. <clears throat> well, I know I, I sort of know that. I mean, I, yeah, yes. It's more of just. That would also be a more of a point of how stupid it was to fire Corn, but that's another subject. Hey, was, he got an offensive coordinator out of it. Yeah. <laughs> he did. He did. He, 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 his Eric Esau got promoted real quick up the chain, didn't he? Um, yeah, I don't know. It just—it's more of an indictment on Will Friend. Like, dude, I mean, how, how do you explain? How do you explain what you're seeing out there when you see that clip of Alec Jackson? Literally, the guy just runs right by him, like just goes right by him. And Alec Jackson's just like looking this way, and he just—when you see that one play, I don't have to see that ten times. When you see that thing happen, how in the hell do you explain that? How do you not walk into a friend's office and go, what are you doing? I'm not going to defend that, Justin, but I will say that they have other, there are other people on the staff that work with the offensive line with him. You also have an offensive court. You also have a head coach that's an offensive mind. So I think, I think obviously that position coach is a position coach, but they have a situation over there where there's multiple people involved with what they do on the offensive line. And, um, including the head coach, quite frankly. So I, I yeah. you know. Oh, you mean like blocking schemes and stuff? Everything. He's an offensive the, guy. He's an offensive head coach. So ultimately, the things that happen on offense really a hands-on. Well, I actually heard he lets the position coaches do their thing. He, he's actually people have said he's pretty good to work for. He kind of lets you do their own thing. That said, I'm sure he's still heavily involved. And you've got his, uh, analysts. You've got other people that are involved and figure out what's wrong. So it sounds like you're defending Will Friend. No, I'm saying, but I think there's blame to go around to more than just one person. Yes, and the majority goes part. to the position uh, coach. There's I mean, no doubt about that. And I'm, I'm not defending either, but I want to add this, and then I'll, I'll drop it after that. Uh, going back to the 2020 
Auburn Georgia game that mm. Jeffrey calls one of the worst beatdowns ever, and I agree, even though the score doesn't as much say that. The reason it was one of the worst beatdowns ever, and I agree with Jeffrey on that, is because of the exact same thing that happened in this game. Guys were running through just wide open gaps and not being touched. There's there's something that Georgia does that, for some reason, confuses Auburn's offensive line scheme so bad. They shift right before the snap on defensive line. That changes the technique of each defensive lineman, and then, oh, my gosh, it's a jailbreak. And I, I mean, I don't know how you explain that on the college level. A simple shift shouldn't change it that much. But for well, two years the, now, it, they've done shifting that. everyone. Not like it's something that they yeah, just they put just, in the Auburn game. Yeah, it's, it's pre-snap. It's pre-snap. If you go and you watch the, the film, you can see pre-snap. They just do a subtle little move, and then all of a sudden, Auburn's offensive line is going crazy. Who, oh, come, oh, my gosh, who's my guy? Who do I have? I've never seen it on the college level. And I've seen it twice in Auburn-Georgia games. I, okay, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> just just um, to know though that just to know that your your rival didn't really play its best, and at the end of the game you're looking up and you lost by 32. And that that's that's really disheartening. It yeah. Should, shouldn't. It, now look, it, there's always that fluke game where one team plays great and the other team plays horribly. Those happen. But I didn't think uh, Georgia ran the ball effectively in the second half when Auburn's defense, I think, kind of lost the edge a little bit because I think they knew that no matter what they did, it wasn't going to be enough. It wasn't going to matter. But until that point, I thought the defense played good enough to have Auburn in the game all the way to the fourth quarter. And, uh, and, and again, to lose by 32 when you had a defensive effort that for two and a half quarters was pretty damn good is, is concerning. I mean, it's it, – you know, something this second half stuff is just—it's yeah. incredible, really. It's week after week after week after week. It's incredible is a good word for it. Like it's unexplainable at this point. It's not—we're not three, four, five, six, seven games. We're—I've lost track. I, I was keeping track. We're—I think we're eight Power Five games plus the Houston game. It's, we're going—we're now—we're talking about like we're, we're closing in on a season of football, of of just. Absolute night and day first and second half performances, specifically from the offense. A couple, couple times from the defense, but mainly this is an offensive issue. An offense mind blowing. <clears throat> an offense with no, very little identity, no identity really. None. No ability to sustain drives throughout the game. Look, there's always going to be. You're going to have to punt a few times a game, even if you're doing well, probably. But there's no real faith that it, this team could put together drives in all four quarters of a game. And it'll happen one of these days. But, um, you know, so, then, uh, now, sorry, Jeff, and now this team's psyche, what is it right now? Is it starting to set in? Yeah, they thought that they could be really good. We heard it all summer long. And, and uh, you know, now they're probably, a lot of these kids are probably starting to think, starting to realize we ain't that great. Now, we could still beat some of these teams, but we ain't that great. And, uh, Who though? You lose a little bit of your edge on the field once that sets in. You know, that's a there's a mental element here too. I, I, you know, you you even said earlier, Keith, that there's some winnable games on this schedule. Not in the SEC. You don't think so? You don't think Arkansas? Maybe no, Arkansas. Bad quarterback I mean, they're they're sort of imploding. Okay, I I haven't seen Arkansas without Jefferson. So I. I, I without Jefferson, if Jefferson's right. there, uh, they're still a more physical football team than Auburn. 
far more physical team. Well, Auburn's getting thin on the D-line, too, and, mm. and maybe on the O-line. That's mm. another concern. We knew that was going to be an issue coming in. They could, they had to stay healthy, and they've lost. And as, bad as, they, as bad as A&M's offense has been, their defense hasn't been bad. Their defense, that no. defense will come in here and hold Auburn to 13 points, like, or 10 points. I mean, their def, Auburn won't do much against them either. Auburn's identity on offense so far, at least the most success they've had, is broken plays, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Ashford scrambled. Last few games, yeah, it's gotten to that and that's point. that's not sustainable. <laughs> yeah, clearly. And yeah, it's it's gotten to that point where it's broken plays because Robbie's just not ready. He's not ready. He's not, you know, is, is TJ, you can say what right. you want. TJ was a little bit further along in terms of being able to operate it. Robbie's not quite there. He's not, his accuracy's not there. And so his, his athleticism is there. And so it just, it just lends itself to, broken plays, you're going to have more of that, and Ashford's going to scramble more, and that's going to be your, your best shot. I think I saw where he had nine or ten throwaways against Georgia, just straight up, I'm, I'm out of the pocket, nobody's open, I can't run, I have no choice but to launch the ball into the sideline. I mean, you're talking about, you know, one out of four of his pass attempts, he just had to just chunk it. I think, and what was his completion percentage? It was like 13 to 38. 48, something like that. 13 to 38. I added the uh, stat in my write-up this morning. Auburn's completion percentage as a team is ranked 122nd in college football. Yeah. I think it's 52 or 51, something like that. And listen, that's why I'm absolutely floored that Ole Miss is only a 15-point favorite, according to Zach in the back. They they haven't played anybody. I think that's the big thing. They had to play one good team, and and people think Oh, really? People in Kentucky, they won. But I think anybody that watched that game thinks Kentucky yeah, – I never, I never want to say a team should have won or should – well, Missouri should have won. But, yeah, yeah I, they didn't play great against Kentucky. I think Kentucky that's turned the ball over, I think, three, their last three possessions, all in Ole Miss yeah. territory. I mean, they just they just really screwed that game up. Yeah. <laughs> Is that Kentucky's only loss? No, they just lost last week. They're that's what I thought. That's yeah, what I thought. He's hurt, so. Yeah. Uh, but, but again, speaking of Kentucky, how do they have a much – Better offensive line than Auburn. They got Tayshawn. That's right. They become the <laughs> offensive line school now. Apparently, at Auburn, Manning had trouble really learning the plays and, and getting all that down. And so, you know, you don't bemoan. That. Look, I mean, it is what it is. But now that he's starting at Kentucky, you're thinking, okay, well, geez, that's a guy you could have used, you know. <clears throat> and the reality is about this offensive line. I do put some. I mean, some of this has got to be put on the previous staff, right? Like recruiting wise. I mean. Yeah. It, we're yeah. only a year and a half in. This isn't – the coaching stuff is, is a Will Friend and a Brian Parson issue. But if you think the talent's not there, part of that, part of that goes back, right? I mean, they, they, the, the, Part of it, yes, but the majority, no. The majority lies in the, the, the whiffs in the transfer portal. How do you not have yeah. three to four guys coming in this year from the transfer portal? And I understand the NIL wasn't there, and that was a big, big part of the transfer portal. It's, Speaking it's, of which, uh, probably the worst matchup for Auburn in this game against Ole Miss is how many players they actually play on both sides of the ball. I mean, Ole Miss plays like almost 40 guys on the defensive side of the ball, and a lot of them are transfer portal guys. I mean, they got 13 guys that have yeah, two of them, and they're both good, by the way, over there, have been so far. Um, and they have 13 LT. guys that have – LT and JJ Pegues, thirteen guys credited with a sack. I mean, it's crazy. They got all kinds of players just rolling in and out 
So they're going to be fresh in the fourth quarter, and that's, again, second half. <laughs> so on the transfer portal, I have a question. So was that more – because what we heard a little bit of – by the way, Mason Brooks is not even starting at Ole Miss. Is that right? The guy that they whipped on? He's, that's he's not. Um, um, so when they missed on some of those guys – generally transfer guys NIL, and then they also want to start or have at least feel like there's a really good chance that they could start immediately. The fact that Auburn was bringing everybody back, was, was, was that a huge detriment in recruiting these guys? Is that something where the staff should have made better evaluation of talent? Like, yeah, everybody's coming back, but they, they're not as good as we – maybe we should tell some of these transfer linemen, look, you're better than who's coming back. I mean, how, how could they have – attracted these guys and landed them. It kind of felt like they just sort of settled on the guys are coming back, six-year guys, Troxel or whoever, and since they're coming back, that's who it's going to be. And if it if it means we don't get a transfer guy, so be it. And it felt kind of passive in how they went. Like like they felt like, well, we'll get some, but if we don't, we got a, pretty, we got a bunch of guys coming back, and that's fine too. Is that fair or unfair? Well, Am I misreading that? What, Jeffrey, I'm, you want to go over? Oh, I'm not. I, I got some input. I'll – I'm not necessarily saying that I disagree with this method, but probably the worst thing to tell a guy in the transfer portal who is looking for a place to play immediately is, "Hey, you got to come earn your spot." Hey, you don't. It's not guaranteed. I mean, again, I kind of agree with that method, but it's not the greatest pitch to a guy that wants to play. Just well, not. there's some there's some chicken in that was all the chicken or the egg here. So we know that they have a bunch of guys back. But we also know that, and Jeffrey remembers and Cole remembers, they were recruiting guys in the portal. Miles Frazier from FIU. There were some guys they were recruiting. And then there was that announcement that, that Troxel and Brahms were coming back for that extra year. But I think, now, people at Auburn may disagree, but we know some people too. I, did they push for those guys to come back after they knew they weren't already getting some guys in the portal? So what came first? We don't. We yeah. don't really know. I know what Auburn would say <laughs> because, yeah. you know, you're all looking out for yourself here. But uh, I think they did we, – well, we know that they recruited some guys. Uh, but, you know, one other thing, Justin, there weren't a ton of offensive linemen that entered the portal to begin with this past year. There weren't as many as I think people were – Jeffrey, remember that? There weren't, as yeah. many, there weren't as many as people thought. Now, maybe you need to do what Lane Kiffin does and wear a shirt that says, you know, come to the SIP. Or, you know, maybe advertise it a little more. You're looking for guys. I, I don't know. But, one, there weren't that many guys that came out. Two, they did recruit some guys. And then three, Trox and Brahms, and it was announced that they were coming back. And I... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Maybe they don't come back if Auburn lands a couple of these guys. You know, they Auburn really kind of from what I was told, was kind of like, okay, if they come back, great. If not, that's okay, too. And then all of a sudden, it was like, we want you to come back. Serious question. Were they? Where were they going? Oh, just to, just done. Just Life? Done. Yeah, okay. Retire. Nick would have tried, uh, probably would have tried to at least try to undraft a free agent or, you know, try something. 
Okay. Uh, I do know that when Nick announced he was coming back, that there, uh, I had a, a couple colleges ask me, you know, do you think he's gonna? Would he be open to going to other schools? Because they can't talk to him. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I think he was only coming back to go to Auburn. I mean, his fiance's at Auburn, you know, that thing. But I think they would have just been done with. Him. I mean, I feel bad for Troxel because this is a guy we, who knows how good he could have been if he wouldn't have had three ACL tears, you know, over the last six, seven years, you know. Is he out with an upper body injury? Is that what they said last week? Through Troxel? Yeah. Or did I he play? Well, he, um, he something happened in that Georgia game. I don't know. I yeah. don't know if of it. Coffee came in. He started but didn't finish, right? Yeah, I'd have to go back and look. They talked about it on the telecast. Him and um, him and Alex oh. Jackson both went out. If you're Auburn, would you would you advertise? Would you call up? Uh, you have people <laughs> call up us and say, "Hey, can y'all write a story saying that they, they need people in the portal on the offense?" I mean, would you want it out there? Because you can't really contact people. You know, you've you've got to you've got to. Now their people can third parties and people always know when guys are transferring. Keith, Keith like are you asking? Are you asking what this staff would do? Do you, do you want us to predict? What, you, you want us to predict what this what these guys are going to do, <laughs> or what they should do? I mean, because they're back at the same problem as they've had the last couple of years, except for they're going to need even more guys in the portal this year. So they better. We're not, no, we're not doing it, Keith. We're not doing that this morning. We are not talking about what the offensive line is going to look like next year. I can't do it. <laughs> I cannot do it. I can't do it, man. That's, that's we have to do that one. We have to prepare ourselves for that one. Have everybody sitting I, down. I would like to believe that the majority of the starting offensive linemen is not on the or not on the roster right now. Maybe the two deep, the majority of the two deep. So that's the first ten guys on the depth chart are not. At least six of them are not on the roster right now. But it's crazy. You're right, Justin. It's crazy how it got to this point. It was a, a confluence of mistakes, misevaluations, yeah. not signing enough guys, whiffing in the transfer portal, guys, injuries, guys getting injured, guys not panning out, guys yeah. transferring. I mean, it, it every it was the perfect storm of crap, basically, right? All perfect. the bad things that could happen happened, and that's what that's what you got. You got a mediocre offensive line. Now, these guys are trying hard, but yeah. a lot of guys are hurt out there, They're, you know. Yeah, and that's where it is. I mean, look if. Quarterback, I mean, I think most people thought, I certainly did, I thought everything would depend on the quarterback offensively. And at this point, I, I think it's the offensive line that's the bigger problem. I mean, I think, to me, I mean, I think you could put Ashford or TG, if you had a better offensive line, I, there's some things that the quarterbacks have done well at times that if you had a better offensive line, the offense would be in much better position. I, I thought it would come down to quarterback, but it's really come down to the offensive line. Um, and there's no... At this point, there's no they're not they're not going to get better. I mean, in the in the season, you're just going to have to figure out, I don't know, how to manufacture some points. I, I you know I don't know, put in some more zone read stuff. I know that I don't know why that stuff can't be in there. You already have like we have we seen Robbie Ashford run a zone read even where it's a called hold or a called handoff since early in the season. It's just gone since he's become the starter. We don't even see it. And I'm not, I'm not saying you should tell him to go out there and read the defensive end if you don't think he's ready to read it. Tell him what to do for all I care, but at least do something where teams have to watch the quarterback and wonder if he's going to pull it. I mean, my gosh. Makes no sense. You know, there was talking in So there was talking, last thing I'll say on the other line, but there, remember, guys, it wasn't that long ago. There was a narrative out there that, that they were going to maybe be the strength of the team. 
the strength of the team. Yeah. 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 You know, just because experience, right? That makes you question some internal evaluations, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah. Unless, unless they were just saying that to boost the guys. Sometimes you play mind games, too. You're trying to get your guys to rise up a little bit. I don't know. Look, I could go back and find. I, I remember conversations we had, or the conversation we had with Wilfred. You know, we talked to the assistants um, before the season, and um, I remember Wilfred talking about them, talking about hey, second year in the system, it's 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 a different story. These guys are they're not they're not thinking about you know all the little stuff. They're they're they know what to do, and so they're able to they're they're just better players at this point and. I mean, you heard all that stuff, and it's literally gone. Yeah, we heard a bunch of stuff about how much stronger they were from Will Friend and other coaches. Like, oh, they, these dudes got in the weight room in the summer. They look better. They're in better shape. I mean, that's what Will Friend was saying. They're stronger. They're in better. They're in better shape. Short yardage has been better. I'm reading the quotes from August 10th. Like, just complete. What turns out to be just nonsense. We're all speechless. Yeah, I, I said I was done earlier. <laughs> I think I'm done. I can't. I, I'm, I'm, I'm move over, Cole. I'm getting in that boat too. Uh, <laughs> I don't well, know what just, else to say about it. Frustrating. It's uh, it's frustrating. Um, so anything else stand out from that game? I mean, yeah, I thought two and a half quarters defense played well. They were. I think one of the things that came out of that game that's now been three games in a row is the defense is just getting run on. And it goes and, – and I have – I remember talking about in the offseason, the linebackers, how I was a little concerned about them. Just didn't know what to think. I mean, I, I, after Cam Riley's first game, 13 tackles, I haven't heard his name. I mean, I think he's got 20 tackles since the first game of 13. I mean, seriously. Um, so I, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in their ability to stop the run. I and mean, that's three games, really, where teams have had success. And Georgia was running the ball all game. Auburn only held in there because they held them on third down. And uh, they were getting off the field. But Georgia was having success running the football, basically, from the, from the very beginning. That's been, that's been a little disappointing, I think. I think game. they averaged almost a, a first down every time they touched the ball. Every time uh, they rushed the ball. Yeah, Their average rush was seven or eight yards. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even if you take away Bennett's 64-yard run, it still was – they still rushed for like 240, 230. So that's probably been one of the more disappointing things as well to see. Secondary's been good. Secondary's getting better. Very good. Um, pretty, pretty good, pretty good three-game stretch from those guys. It's really I – said, I said in a story this week, it's the only position group that I could point to for any type of improvement – or just at minimum, they, they haven't gone backwards, is the secondary. DJ James looks a little bit better. Keandre Scott looks a little bit better. It's the only group that seems to have shown some improvement. And Jake I was, um, they've got some a little depth, too, right? Yeah. Well, they get more than most positions on the team. Yeah, everybody stays healthy. Yeah, I mean, that's, three, four quick corners. And yeah, that's what minutes. I was, was going to say. Worded the best in high school and portal. Uh, you got a guy that was pretty much a starter at, at Oregon and DJ James. You got a guy from JUCO that was killing it, and uh, a young guy in JD Rim who's been getting a couple reps here lately. And, and they recruited it appropriately. Yeah, you can't, and, uh, you can't really uh, say that from any other. You're right. You're right. You're exactly right. 
And Donovan Coffin, I think, is uh, he's a guy we heard about in the offseason. We knew he was going to be valuable, but he's been really good. I mean, he's moved into that safety position. I think Caden Bridges wasn't quite what they thought, hoped, and so they kind of had to shift. I think, I think Scott stepping up allowed them to move Kaufman to safety and move Scott to nickel, which I think has helped. Bridges, I think, was struggling a little bit at safety. Um, but Kaufman, man, he's been, he's been really, really good. I mean, his, his instincts, him and, him and Scott are – I don't know where Kaufman will end up because I don't know what his top end speed is, but he, I, like, I like everything about him. And, and Scott is a freaking – Good Lord, that yeah. kid. I had I'd had somebody go to see one of the scrimmages in the in this fall, and they said, "Man, Keontae Scott looks like a first round pick. He's so uh, athletic. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the guy. Now, if they hopefully they can keep him back and get him to come back next year. I'm mean, not suggesting he wouldn't, but we you just never know. But uh, that guy looks like a guy that's going to be playing in the NFL. And then, I mean, sure. yeah, he right, just he just looks different in pads too. He just looks, you know. Oh, yeah. You can see it. You watch enough football, you're like, okay, that dude's a player, how he moves yeah. and everything. I made the comment, uh, I think it was the LSU game, Keontae Scott was playing nickel, and a couple of the sets, whatever LSU was getting in, it re- required him to step into the box at linebacker level. And um, I thought he played linebacker better than any of the linebackers on the team. I thought he collisioned an offensive lineman. He made a play. He threw somebody out of the way. I mean, to me, he was the best linebacker on the team, and he does, he's not a linebacker. <laughs> he'd kill it under Tuberville. He'd kill it. Oh, gosh, yeah, no doubt. He would, he'd be an unbelievable outside linebacker. Um, all right, before we talk about Auburn Ole Miss, I see that sweet, sweet pullover Jeffrey's got on. Oh, we're going to talk about Auburn Ole Miss. <laughs> and here's why. They've got some great projections this week. Prize picks, baby. It's another week, another time. For, and listen, there's a – Big promo going on right now with Prize Picks. In addition to matching your first deposit 100% up to 100 bucks, use the promo code War Eagle, all caps, one word. Go download the app. Use the promo code War Eagle Auburn. They're giving it so so you, you can make two to five entries, right? And the, and the the fewer entries you make is going to pay less than the the five. The odds are going to be better for you going for five, or at least the odds to win. Um, but this week, dude, they've got a special with the NBA starting next week. They're going to give you one, one square. They're going to give you basically one. You take Steph Curry over a half a point, so they're basically giving you one. Now you've only got a you got a fifty fifty shot at getting the second one and doubling your money. So go to Prize Picks, check it out. Daily fa- sports fantasy is across all boards, all different sports. Uh, they're going to give you Steph Curry. So all you got to do is come up with one winner this week to win your a two pick two uh, square match. Okay, so the prize picks this week are Robert for Auburn, Robbie Ashford. Uh, oh, Zach's got them right here. 167 and a half passing yards. You've got Tank Bigsby at 54 and a half rushing yards. Zach Evans at 86.5 rushing yards. Javarius Johnson, 49.5 receiving yards. So, basically, you take Steph Curry over half a point, score in his first game, and then pick one of those and go more or less and hit it, boom, double your money. Prize picks, baby. Prize picks. Daily sports fantasy. I love it. So, let's, let's hit it up. Let's, let's discuss. We'll discuss Auburn's three offensive threats here in this game. Which are, and I really don't, man, who knows, dude. 
Robbie Ashford, 44 and a half rushing yards. He t- Wait, Robbie, Robbie Ashford, 44 and a half rushing yards or 10? Mm-hmm. Robbie? Robbie. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I'd go under that. I, I like the over on the – I like the more than 167 passing yards. Me too. But I would go I would go less than 44. That's what I'm saying. Like, Robbie is as athletic as he is. They're not, they're not using him running the football so far. They're, he's just – he's escaping pressure. But they're not – they're not running quarterback draws. They're not – I don't know if, you know, he's a little slender. I don't want to get him beat up. They, can't, they can't afford to lose another quarterback. But I would go less than 44. What about Tank, 54-and-a-half rushing yards? Less. I mean, uh, what, are we, what are you basing this on other than guessing, right? You don't know yeah. if Tank's going to go off for 120, break a couple of long runs or what, or, or, or get stuff like we would expect. It's hard, it's hard to predict, you know, any, uh, any success for any offensive player. We just haven't seen much of it. Not on purpose. I mean, we saw Robbie Asher throw for almost 400 yards against LSU, but it wasn't you, on purpose. <laughs> would you believe? Um, would you believe, by the way, that Robbie Ashford is averaging 147 yards per game passing, even though he had that 300 and something yard game? Ooh. But what they're taking into account? I mean, he's played every game though. They take it into account yeah. every game he's thrown a pass. Yeah, I mean, there's into account Mercer, San Jose State, Penn State when he was, you know, his average over the last last three would be would be a little different. I don't know what is what did he end up throwing for against Georgia? Missouri was in the hundreds, right? It was the hundreds and then three hundred something against LSU and then back in the hundreds. Yep, against Georgia. No, it'd be higher if you counted those three. Yeah. Here, here, here's another uh, projection: Javoris Johnson three receptions. His, his receiving total, I think, uh, is 49.5 receiving yards, but three receptions. And I don't, man, I just don't, again, I don't know. I don't know what to base it on. Did he have I one last week? Just one? Um, Gosh, I I mean, that was my biggest point of emphasis. you got to get him the ball. There should be plays designed to get him the ball. You and, you know, you think, think so, back to You would think so. You would th- you'd think back to LSU where Coy Moore had, I think, eight receptions. That was the first and last time basically we heard his name, you know, in a, 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 a substance in a game plan. It was like they were forcing Corey Moore down LSU's throat. Yeah, to, yeah, that kind of worked. And Johnson, he had one grab last week, and it was the it was the third down, Robbie Ashford scrambling and throws the ball and finds Javaris Johnson. So, like, yep. it wasn't even – they found him, yeah. But that's the thing. Like he'll, he'll he'll go he'll have no catches and he'll come back and whatever. Like talking about it makes me. I mean, he's one of the best in yards per catch. And and yeah, you why you don't have screen pat, bubble screens to him, quick slants to him. Why you're not just yeah. trying to get the ball in space is beyond me. Took a bubble yeah. screen to the house against Mississippi State last year for 57 yards or 60 something, whatever it was. Those bubble screens work when I have a hundred times, don't they? Well, they, also, <laughs> they also use their best trick play of the season in week one. Yeah, uh, hey, that's a good one. We might have to do a podcast just in remembrance of that trick play. Oh, I, I thought it was going to be. I thought it would be a fixture of the offense. Oh, it should be. No, no reason why it shouldn't be. It worked. Try it again. So, so, so there's just some numbers from Prize Prospects, man. Go get signed up. Use the promo code War Eagle, all caps, one word. 
Um, you got several selections there for Auburn. Just get one in addition to your Steph Curry uh, free square from Prize Picks, and you can double your money in an instant. 100% guarantee. I mean, 100% match from Prize Picks on your first depo- deposit up to 100 bucks. Go check it out. We'll look it over again next week. Appreciate them supporting the show. Absolutely. Nice. Oh, I'm still oh. using my. I'm still using my match, Jeffrey. That they gave. Oh me. yeah. I'm still. I'm still in it, even though I lost last week. I lost. Uh, I won my first week. Lost my last week because of uh, the quarterback at Kansas got hurt. That killed me. See, that's Kansas. the you have to count for injuries too. Yep. That's a bummer. Okay. Uh, so so Ole Miss minus fifteen. Zach said over and under was fifty five and a half. I, I feel like. I've got honors this week because I, you know, I will. Uh, I was forty-two to ten last week, forty-one to ten last week. Wow! Hmm. You, you wow! Where are you now? I, 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 I was off. <laughs> what you? What you? Congratulations! Thank you, Keith. <laughs> uh, I predicted they were going to miss an extra point, and they didn't. It was forty-two to ten. I predicted forty-one to ten. Oh. Oh, what's what, what was I? What was everybody at? I can never. Let's remember. see. Well, I, 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 had close, I had it thirty. Just, Justin had it thirty-one to ten. You had Auburn. You were off by eleven. Forty-one to ten. Cole had twenty-eight to seven. Cole, I mean Keith had thirty-one thirteen. And Zach had Zach fifty-two to thirteen. He wasn't that far off. It felt like it. No, he wasn't. Zach in the back coming to the front. I, yeah, hey, this week, this week I got thirty-eight seventeen, and I have no idea why. Look, Keith, was that was you gonna pick? No, no, that's, oh. a, that's a, you, you don't have much faith in Auburn right now, do you? I have zero faith in Auburn. No, yeah. I don't. Why? Why should I? Well, my thing is with Ole Miss. I, we we they haven't just they haven't played anybody other than Kentucky, so I'm trying to figure them out too right now. I guess we know what Auburn is though. <laughs> I don't know. By the way, real quick, while you're thinking about it, because you mentioned Tank, I just wanted to point this out. He had 140 on Ole Miss last year. It was the second-best game. Um, he had 23 carries for 140 yards, uh, and he had – yeah, that, yeah. So, I mean, he, he had a really good game against them last year, but I, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to imagine he, he gets it going this time the way the offensive line's playing, but he did something right a year ago. Hmm. I'm gonna go. 30, did something right. I'm gonna go like yeah. 33 to 23, 33 23, Jeffrey. I think Auburn's gonna. I, I just. I think they'll get some hit some plays here or there because Ole Miss gambles a lot and all that stuff, but probably end up having to kick a bunch of field goals. Attempt a bunch of field goals. Yeah, and then and then Ole Miss will score in the second half. I mean, it'll be a lot of the same things that we've seen. I, I completely agree. It'll probably be a damn good game, a one score position at halftime. I mean, a one-score game. Once again, I am the uh, odd man out here because I'm I'm going totally the other direction. Uh, I got fifty-two to twenty. That's oh, my wow. score prediction. Good. Auburn. You think Auburn's going to score that many fifty-two points, Cole? Yeah, yeah, Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> wait, so wait, are you just like throwing in the towel, or what? I mean, you really you you honestly think they're going to score fifty-two points? I do. I, I think they're one of the best rushing teams in the country, which people don't look at Lane Kiffin's team and, and say that, but they are. 
They got two it of the is, best yes. backs in the country, and their offensive line is good. I watched I watched a lot of their film when I was doing the scouting reports, and I mean, what they've done in the transfer portal, and and some of these guys they got, and, and Jackson Dart's pretty good. I just think I think they'll get away at the end. I I think it'll be somewhat close at halftime, but a big big turnaround in the second half, which shouldn't be too outlandish to say. I don't think. Well, look, we don't know. Derek Hall was banged up. Looks, look, you know, looks. He'll play, but he, a little banged up. Not sure the extent there. And then, of course, you have no, no echo. Um, yeah. And those linebackers. Steiner had a lot of tackles, but he also got pushed around. You're right. Uh, Ole Miss runs the football, and people think about sort of like the way they would look at Gus. When Gus was good, they ran the ball. wasn't about all the other stuff. I mean, that that was great, but they ran the they ran the football, and that's what's happening with Ole Miss right now. You well, know Judkins is going to be fired up. Couldn't. He's one of the – oh, gosh, yeah, no doubt. He's one of the best at just playing to the personnel that he has. I mean, you see so many coaches that stick to what they do no matter what their personnel is. Lane Kiffin mm-hmm. plays to his personnel. He's very good at that. I give him credit there. Hot take here. Yeah, we need yeah. Justin Stewart, too. Damari Austin would have as much or more success than Quinshawn Judkins is having if Damari Austin was at Ole Miss right now. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, Justin. Doing a better job. Um, first of all, I got We've seen this stat before, but it still it kind of blows my mind. Um, and I think it's worth mentioning. Auburn's lost in Oxford three times ever, ever, three times. The three times, 1992, they fired the coach. 2008, Auburn fired the coach. 2012. Auburn fired the coach. That's it. The only three times Auburn's ever lost in Oxford, and, and, and at the end of those seasons, Auburn had a coaching change. Huh. And here we are. So that's the. Hey, there's no use in bringing. There's no use in bringing Pat Dye into this. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty wild stat. It's almost, it's also kind it of is. if you're Ole Miss, you're like really, you know, for Auburn, it's like all right. We lost in Oxford. That's the that's the bot. That's the last. Uh, hey, yeah. <laughs> you can do a lot of things, but we will not be losing to Ole Miss at Ole Miss. <laughs> yeah, you lose that game. Okay, you're fired. Um, that's just an insane that's it. stat. Done. Uh, wow. Wow. Well, what? How many have they won there? Because obviously it wasn't. A, it's not a historic rival. But um, I don't count. I mean, one, two, three, four, five. I mean. They've played in Oxford since basically – they started playing there regularly since basically 92. It's been every other year. They've only lost there three times, so they're probably like 12-3 and three or something like that, 10-3. and three. All right. Something like that. Why, why, why was Auburn only playing there since 92? Every year. Every, every other year. year. Before that, it was Jackson. It was, it was mixing. That's right. There the you go. That's right. It was – Okay. Yeah, and then they and then they played in Memphis a couple times, Montgomery a couple times, but yeah, there's there's a few games. I, yeah, I didn't know if it was a historic rival or not, you know, because sometimes the SEC's got these weird, you know. Ole Miss has always been in the SEC, right? Yeah, but I mean, sometimes though that like K- Kentucky would play LSU every year, but wouldn't play Mississippi State every, you know. Those right, were, right, right, right. You're right. Used to, you know, and then in the you know in the '60s and '70s, some teams would play eight conference games, and others would play six in the same season. So it was always kind of haphazard like that. Yeah, they only played 16 times before 1992. Hmm. My uh, my my cousin Greg 
was a tight end for Ole Miss under uh, Billy Ray Dunn. What's his name? Billy Brewer. Billy Ray Dunn. Billy Brewer. That was it. <laughs> yeah. Billy Ray you thinking of, uh, you of Joe Lee Dunn? <laughs> no, it was Billy Brewer. It was back in the early 80s or mid-80s. <clears throat> what did I say? Billy Ray Dunn, I think. <laughs> Yeah, um, that guy. I think they had. Well, actually, no. Billy Brewer was fairly successful there. Yeah, they they were they were competitive. They all went. They had a big Irwin, a class, big class from Irwin back in the mid '80s that all signed with Ole Miss, I believe, including no the quarterback, I believe, signed with Auburn. Hmm. Um, Irwin, I don't think exists anymore. But uh, Justin, did you come up with your final score prediction? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go probably. I think it could look similar, honestly, to that 2012 game. Um, Ole Miss won that game 41-20, you know, so maybe this is 37-21. Let's, let's say 37-21. Um, I, I think it's going to be competitive into the third quarter. I think, I think Auburn might, might find some big plays, I mean, offensively. But, but, yeah, I think that running game of Ole Miss is a big problem, and the turnovers have been a big problem. And you're just asking Auburn to go out there and do things that they have reversed yeah. a trend that's been happening for eight or nine games in a row. My fear would be for Auburn. What if it's, what if one of these teams they play gets actually gets off to a good start? What if it's thirteen nothing Ole Miss in the first quarter? <laughs> that, that's kind of what I fear. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing we haven't seen yet. Auburn has been very competitive in the first half. No, no defense doubt. has. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as soon as that defense starts to give the, the damn, I mean, they're the only they're the only thing holding this thing together in, in these games. You know, in the LSU game not being worse, Penn State not being worse, not straight up losing to Missouri like. They're the only thing holding it together at this point. Exactly. For the record, I, I think Ole Miss's defense is pretty good too. They have one of the best pass rushes in college football. Mm. Yeah, they're, they're playing well. Zach in the back's got a pretty close game at twenty-seven to seventeen. So he's got Auburn covering yep. in the under. Twenty-seven to seventeen. Jay, uh, Justin's thirty-seven twenty-one. Cole with the blowout, fifty-two to twenty. He's got a fairly close game, too, 33-23. That'd be a very close game, yeah. And uh, 38-17 for me, which is 14. Uh, Ole Miss scores a late touchdown to make it 38-17. So, again, you're talking about a, a spread of 15 and the, and the over-under is 55 and a half. So, you're talking about Vegas thinking this is a 40 to, you know, 42 to 13 game or, or, or whatever it is. I mean, they're thinking complete blowout. I mean, 15... Right. 35-20. 35-20. 35-20. Oh, 35 yeah. 20. 35 there you 20. go. <clears throat> so 37-21, yeah. If Ole Miss were to win, it's pretty big. Huh? Well, 15 oh, – never mind. I, I was getting that wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it is huge. And if, if Ole Miss scores 52 points in this game, I have no idea where they're at with the Brian Harson situation. I mean, I've, at, at the Penn State game, I said that the bye week, if things go south, the bye week could be a week. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure that's still the case. But but you go get 50 put on you in Oxford and you lose by by 30. I, would it put? I, I wouldn't put it past anybody to go. Screw it. Like what do we have to do? We're not. We're not. We're not. He's not coaching another game. I mean that wouldn't shock me at all. Mm. I'm mm-hmm. sure that the effort level too. Is it is it does it start you know, three and three again this psyche of a team? Does the effort level start to dip just even a little bit? That's a big I think that's a big part of it too, yeah. If they're still playing hard, then yeah, I think that's and they have so far and I think they will. 
I think they will continue to play. Look, if we learned anything from Brandon Council, they think they're they think they're pretty good. Okay, <laughs> like they I think there's a lot of belief in there that even going back to the camp now now you start to say they thought they were really good because they're going against each other. Yes. <laughs> you know, and there's like maybe there's a little false uh, false sense of of what they what they actually were accomplishing, but. Oh, anything recruiting-wise going on this weekend? A pretty slow, I guess, road weekend. Anything you want to hit on or no? Uh, well, Reuben Bain's visiting Florida State. That's a big target that Jeffrey's been writing a lot of great – I mean, just hit, crushing it on Intel. And uh, Miami Central four-star, five-star type edge. He's going to FSU this weekend. He listed a top six yesterday of Auburn, Alabama, Miami, Florida State, Oklahoma, and FSU, I think. I think Louisville was, Louisville was in there. Oh, they were? Oh. Oddly enough. But anyway, so I think that, um, you know, we'll see what he, what they say coming out of uh, out of Tallahassee this weekend because supposedly he's a guy that gives off a lot of good vibes to different people. So mm-hmm. now it's time to start figuring out, you know, Auburn feels great about him, as Jeffrey's been right, but how does FSU feel coming out of this weekend? That's what we don't know. If they feel great too, let's say then it might be, we might start thinking, okay, is this guy just got everybody sort of fooled? We don't know yet. But it, Auburn does seem to be uh, – and it, we, we're all hearing the same thing, that Auburn is optimistic as hell right now. That's one yeah. to watch. Uh, portal, uh, Logan Brown entered the portal, the offensive tackle from Wisconsin last night, former five-star. Uh, has already got a bunch of Auburn guys following him on Twitter. And we were told that they are absolutely – they're going to evaluate everybody, obviously, in the portal. But they're definitely taking a closer look at the Wisconsin transfer, Logan Brown. It's Logan Brown, correct? Yeah, Logan, Logan Brown. Brown, yeah. Good, good. So they'll, they're after him. All right. We don't know yet, but, you know, we'll see. They're definitely looking at him. But so is there, an awesome name, by the way. Just that's a that's a that's a name. Just get I'm I'm for that kid because of Reuben Bain. I mean, that just he just sounds like a baller. Great. He's got 11 sacks in I think four games this year. He is he is a baller. He's pretty yeah. good. Nice. Um. All right. Well, we'll we'll end on that. We'll come back next week talk about. Uh, I guess we'll come back next week. We'll figure. I mean, it's a bye week, but I still think. Potentially, probably a lot to talk about, so we'll, we'll we'll keep it rolling. We'll come back next week on the bye week and just kind of have a, a mishmash of talking about whatever is. Um, Auburn tries to get through one more game, and then maybe they can have a couple of weeks or at least a week to try to figure some things out. Um, all right, appreciate everybody joining us. AuburnLive.com, make sure you're there today and tomorrow. A lot of uh, exclusive content happening on Friday, so make sure you're there. 50% off AuburnLive.com. Um, appreciate Jeffrey, Cole, and Keith for joining us. We'll see everybody next week. Later. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.